Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. You're welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show today. Lots of guests for you to meet over the next couple of hours as usual on this final day of the week in October. David Sheehan runs the rule over the weekend in sport as usual after three in the show today. I bring the curtain down on my horselip story with my favourite horselip song. I absolutely love it. I'm sure you will too and I'd say it's many people's favourite. Brian Gregory he's 83 years young and he's doing his bit every day for Pieta we're going to talk to him he's from Knockbridge in County Loud yes we're going to the circus on late lunch this afternoon I mentioned early on in the week I was by Slane Castle last weekend and I stopped and looked down and it was a picture postcard scene of the big top and the fairground in the setting of the castle well the circus has been on there all week and her Louise was at it last night she's going to tell us about that too but we're talking circus with Tara Gabola on the show after 2 o'clock today and I have a riddle I have your riddle on Friday now last week was fantastic we were all round the house with it well I have a riddle that's going to fox you today I promise you riddles coming up before 2 on the show can you solve it oh it's a big ask today I promise you but uh, stand by for that one and do remember the numbers to join with us on the show today the uh, text or whatsapp number is 086 1800 658 and if you'd like to call in the phone is always there 1850 715 958 as you know, Gardaí have begun a three-week search of a site called Usk Little in County Kildare after credible information was received during a re-examination of the case of Deirdre Jacob. And I remember on this show talking to a man who was involved in this case and others who wrote a book called Missing Presumed back in 2014. He's a retired detective sergeant and he joins me now again on the show. Alan Bailey, welcome back to Late Lunch. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. Alan, I suppose everybody's asking the question, what's new? Well, I suppose what's new to start with, Jerry, is this search itself. It's a hugely significant development, and one that I would certainly welcome. It would appear that it's information, current information, in relation to information that was received previously, and marrying the two of them together led to this search. It's a search in a wooded area, as you say, it's about three acres of dense woodland. So it's going to be a painstaking and slow search. And what way will they undertake it, just to explain to listeners what will happen now? What's the process? OK, well, the one thing to have nowadays that we didn't have back in our day are drones. So you're sending a drone, which will do an overview of all the area. Again, and the thing you're looking for is anomalies in the ground. You know, maybe some settlement or a mound here or something like that. You're then sending your cadaver dogs, and these are highly trained dogs, they're trained to sniff out uh, body remains. The search itself proper will begin then, and that we normally the regional search team augmented by forensic teams and anthropologists. Uh, it's, a, it's a full, it's a full team. You'd be uh, hopeful going into an area that it, uh, that there, if there is something that it will be found. Now, in the past, we've used this ground penetrating radar, which is a hugely effective tool. And what that's it's actually extras ground that does this in layman's terms. It's a slow, painstaking process, but it's a fantastic process to watch and use. For Deirdre Jacobs' family, their hopes are raised again. It's been dashed so many times in the past, Alan. And and that's the problem with an operation like today, Jerry, because 
there have been so many false dawns for the families. It's the first thing you think of when you get information and you decide upon an operation like this, the reaction the family are going to have to it. And it's not just one family, it's the families of all missing people. So the first thing you do is you visit these families with the family liaison officer and you explain it to them. And the first thing you say is, we may be wrong. And you, you take from there. So if you're giving them hope, it's not, you're not giving them any certainty. That's very important. Now, Deirdre Jacobs' case, you are so familiar with, 18 years of age, August 1998. She was seen in Newbridge. She met people on the road out to her home. It's known that she was at the gates of her house at, at a time. Right, it's an incredible case. It just seems that she disappeared into thin air. That's it, exactly. And uh, as she walked from Newbridge out to her home, it's about, uh, I suppose, half, three-quarters of a mile outside of town, she met and greeted people who knew her. Deirdre had been away studying a teacher training college in England and was home for the summer holidays. So she met people who had known her priest or there's a man working on a roof, two or three houses up in her own house and he shouted down to her. So it's just it's absolutely amazing. And another thing that was unique with dear Jerry was that um, her mother came home at five o'clock. Now Deirdre drew back in the house around sometime around three o'clock normally. And when her mother arrived at five o'clock I found Deirdre wasn't at home. She immediately suspected there might be something wrong because Deirdre was that sort of child, you know, totally reliable. And by 7 o'clock, they went into the local guard station and actually reported her. So your first search was at 8 o'clock that night. It was that fine, you know. Yeah, there was no delay. The guardian no were onto it whatsoever. straight yeah. away. Will yeah. you explain this phenomenon uh, called the push-pull factor when it comes to somebody that's missing for our listeners today? You get a report of a missing person. This, the first thing you consider is, is there a push-pull factor? For instance, if there's a push, it's something has happened at home to drag you away. Maybe a row or abuse or something in the family home. And then at the pull factor, it may be somebody has fallen in love or somebody just decides, look, it's time to go. And, I, you know, I've spoken to friends, but they'd love to visit such and such a place or go somewhere. So, But certainly in Deirdre's case, there's none of those factors present. That's what made it all the more concerning from the very start. Now, there have been suspicions around a particular individual for years who served time for other crimes and is actually out and living outside the country at the moment. Would that person still be a person of interest in this case? Yes, and a person of interest is very important. Jerry, it's very important not to say this is him or this is this. He's the main suspect. If you do that, you're going into your investigation with absolute tunnel vision. So where because of his modus operandi in a previous crime, serious crime, you'd be looking and saying, well, he certainly has to be considered as a person of interest. And that, that remains the case to this day. There are a number of women missing, namely Annie McCarrick, Jojo Dollard, Fiona Pender, Fiona Sinnott, Kira Breen and Deirdre Jacob, who's the mm-hmm. focus of, of this search. Yeah. Do you feel that, you know, if something is found here and at last the family get closure, could this unlock the search for the others, do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. And you must remember, Jerry, that this year, year the search, and now it's 30-odd kilometres from where Deirdre went missing. But it's only 10 or 12 kilometres from where Georgia Duller went missing. So you have to bear that in mind also. So all these years on, the investigation is live now again. It's never yeah. actually been off the books, has it no, really? No, it's never, never been off the books. When I was 13 years as National Coordinator on Operation Trace. And when I retired in 2011, at that stage I joined the Garda Cold Case Unit as a sergeant in charge. And I brought those cases with me to it. So that when I retired then, my successor in the court case unit took over as Operation Trace Coordinator. So it's been maintained throughout. And, you know, even though there's a, a significant time lag between these women going missing, is there always a, a scenario where you review a case and something else is just focused on or and, you know, information comes from the public or members of the public? That's it, yeah. And the, the public are vital in any investigation like this. And the input from the public. I mean, there's things people have seen that maybe not have been relevant to them when they saw it, but thinking about it in retrospect, they're saying, I wonder, you know, and that's the danger then when you have the likes of our personal interest that you say, I should no point to ring and they know who did that. That's a huge danger. 
Yes, so you're better, you know, not uh, clouding your judgment in any way by focusing on one individual or one event or one part of it. Having an open mind and considering everything. Consider everything. That's the most important factor in the investigation. You're outside this stage for a few years, but you're still quite interested and looking in and following this closely. Do you hold hope that there will be a breakthrough? I do, and I'm not saying this this time. Hmm. But if if not, if a cold case, the reviews have talked nothing. It's just you never give up. Yeah. There's always hope, and there's always that little little bit that'll come and will break the case wide open. Saw that time and again. Yes, it must be shocking, you know, and you mentioned it earlier on there, for the families and relatives of those who've just disappeared into thin air. And, you know, all the time going by, people pass on, you know, and it's it's always there with them. And yet that hope always remains. It always, it always. Uh, the, the families will never have closure on until they know, or at least until they're reunited with, with their last one. Well, look, at, we hope that this is the time that something significant happens and that the family of Deirdre Jacob at last get closure. And, of course, we mentioned those other women as well who, yeah, who remain missing. And we think of all them and their families as well today. Look, uh, thank you for joining me, Alan, again on the show to talk about a, a case that's of particular interest to you and to so many people in the areas, their families, and in general in, in the country as well. Thank you, Alan. OK, Jerry, thank you very much. Alan Bailey there and uh, that search ongoing as we speak. I often think in, and I'm sure it's the same for everybody when you think about it, to lose somebody uh, like that, that they disappear into thin air without a trace and there's no reason for it. And I mentioned those ladies there and there are many more as well. And we think of Kira Breen today. It's a... It's horrendous. It really is horrendous. Not knowing what happened to them, their last moments, where are they, the person who's responsible for their disappearance, all those questions, too many questions, no answers. But there you are. Alan is hopeful that this is another step on the road to... Uh, gaining closure for that particular family and others potentially as well. But he did say, if you listen to him there, that not to build up too many hopes, it's been built up over the years, but that this was another step along the road. Alan Bailey there speaking to me on late lunch this afternoon. Now we're taking our first uh, break of the day and when we come back, I am going to mesmerise you with my riddle. You'll need these numbers now. 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp or text number. And we'll take calls on this one. 1850-715-958. Here is your riddle on Friday. Listen carefully. In reply to a question about the animals on his farm, the farmer replied, I only ever keep sheep, goats and horses. In fact, at the moment, they are all sheep bar three. All goats bar four and all horses bar five. How many does he have of each animal? Tell me, how many does he have of each animal? I'll give it to you again. So the farmer replying to the question says, I only ever keep sheep, goats and horses. In fact, at the moment, they are all sheep bar three. All goats bar four and all horses bar five. How many does the farmer have of each animal? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me, 1850-715-958. If you'd like to call in with the answer. Louise looks perplexed. Anyway, we'll talk to her in a moment about that. But she's in there and the pen's going good oh, And she's trying to work out the figures. But we'll come back to Louise just in a moment. You do know, yes, this month, October, is Irish Music Month on LMFM Radio and across all of the local stations in Ireland. We are supporting Irish in particular and especially this month. We do all the time, but we're giving it a real push. And it's for every genre of music. And with that in mind, I've been playing guests who've come to the show here to me, Irish people, to perform for me. And I've had so many over the years. But I want to play for you today a very special one to me. And it's a little bit different because I have a close association with the gentleman from St. Peter's Male Voice Choir. And they've been with me in studio on a number of occasions. And I'll never forget the day they came and sang this for me and you.
simply magical, the gentlemen of St. Peter's Male Voice Choir. Yes, it's Irish Music Month here on LMFM Radio. Right across the board, they are terrific. That would just leave, it leaves the hairs on the back of my neck standing, I have to say. Simply beautiful, wonderful version of the song. A song written back in 1910 by Neil McBride from Krishla in County Donegal and it was about a young woman called Bridget Gallagher who came back from America. She had emigrated and she died. She was only 23 years of age and that's the the song there all these years later, 1910, written by Neil and McBride, lovely, lovely song indeed. The riddle, Louise, have you have you have you the riddle sorted for me? Have you done the maths there yet? No, I've had a good stab at it. Go on, I've had a good guess. Uh, quote my fair lady by George. I think I've got it. <laughs> do you want to say? Do you think you have it? No. Uh, well, I've used my X, Y, and Z. Al- well, listen. Al- don't say anything no, it, yet. It's not right. Okay. But I reckon it's six ducks, three elephants, and a gerbil. <laughs> 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 You're going to the circus too much. We're going to talk about that in a moment. I'm going to read it once more. There is somebody has got it right already. It's not easy today, the riddle. One more time. I'll say it one more time. A question was put to a farmer and uh, about the stock he had on his farm. And the farmer replied, listen to this. I only ever keep sheep, goats and horses. In fact, at the moment, they are all sheep bar three. All goats, bar four, and all horses, bar five. How many does the farmer have of each animal? Now, the people sending me in messages with a total. I don't want the total. I want to know how many sheep, goats, and horses the Blinman farmer has, okay? So you've got to give me three numbers for sheep, goats, and horses. Not a total, please, but no if you jealous. do that for me. No, 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, your answer there with those animals... It's certainly influenced by your trip to Slane Castle last evening. Am I right? Oh, I just, I'm exhausted. I'm Are exhausted. You? It was an amazing show. Like, it was my first time out in two years to any event. I haven't been to a circus in about six years. I mesmerised start to finish. It was, was it? unbelievable. I would just recommend anybody to go and see it. I, I, I don't know if there's any seats left, but it was amazing. Mm, and uh, little Cormac loved it. It was his first circus and he was so excited. He made Lego figures for clowns (laughs) before he left. And he actually, twice last night, he woke up in his sleep laughing at the clowns. (laughs) It was just... And when you say that, it says it all. That says it all. That really does says it all. If it has that impact on a child. Mm. But uh, I, you know, I love circus myself. I've told the story before. I lived on the North Road in Drogheda beside the Gaelic Grounds. And that was the go-to place for the circus. It always came there. Fawcett's, Duffy's. Courtney's, the big English circus. I remember Chipperfield's there as well. Uh, and I just love circus. I really do. I don't know whether I'll make it. It finishes up, I know, on Sunday. But I just have a... You know the way I love magic? I love magic yeah, and yeah. with Keith, Keith Barry. And, uh, you know, circus is another thing from my childhood. And I remember, you know, taking my children for the first time to see the circus as well. I told you the story about that when I volunteered to go up, didn't I? No. Oh, I did. I told you here before. I remember the elephant, but I don't Yeah, the remember. elephant in the background. But the time I went to the circus and I went up, you know, the fellas throwing knives at the rotating wheel. <laughs> yeah. I volunteered. I never heard this one. And they went oh, up and they eat. tied me up on the thing and spun the wheel. And my children were in the audience with their hands over their eyes. And this fella firing knives at me <laughs> as the wheel. Now, I know people had loved to throw them at me many times since and hit. But I went up like a book in Egypt. And the wheel torn and me tied to it. Well, they didn't stick a knife in me. You know, that's the good at it. But oh, the sweat was rolling out of me. I thought to myself, and first time up at. At a circus with my children and he's up on the wheel having knives fired at him. Anyway, I do love circus. I do indeed. And we're talking about it on Late Lunch After 2 because Tara Gabola is a part of the uh, the uh, circus. Three circuses coming together in Slane Castle and Tara is with us here after 2. But we're on our way now to news and weather at 2. I mentioned and we were talking about it just before too, myself and Louise. Uh, I was passing Slane Castle last weekend and looked down and what a sight it was to see the big top and the fairground in the setting of the castle there. Because, you see, three of Ireland's oldest circus families have come together to help friends, you know, get back into the ring after this shocking time when circus was off the road. Yes, Duffy's, Fawcett's and Gerbola Circus have come together to put on a fantastic show. And you heard Earl Louise was at it last evening and was just enthralled. I'm joined now on Late Lunch by Tara Gerbola. Hello, Tara. 
Good afternoon. How are you all? I'm very, very good indeed. Well, our Louise was so impressed with the show last night. She's just waxing lyrical about you ye all today. I, I'm sure you're feeling that from everybody who's been there. I tell you, the support we've had here in Mead, we're obviously a Mead-based circuit, and our children go to school there in Bohemian and Dunshockland and all the rest of it. And the support we've had has just been phenomenal from uh, our local community at home to our teachers and principals to the people here at Slane Castle from Pather Tobin and Jerizette Bailey. I mean, the list goes on. They have been so supportive. We will forever be indebted to them. Absolutely. Did, ah, listen, it's great and everybody's delighted to have you back because as I mentioned before to myself, I am a circus man. I love circus. I've loved circus all of my life and I'm delighted to see you all back performing. But I read somewhere that you were feeling those butterflies in the tummy. Come on, Tara, not you. <laughs> listen, after 18 months, anything is possible. Nobody ever thought there'd be a pandemic, but hey, ho, here we are. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, of course, that's only natural. I don't. I think if you don't have that type of energy, there's something wrong. Yeah, you need mm. to have that little bit of nervousness. Um, you know, and then you're sort of hopefully doing your job right. Mm. Um, yeah. So there has been a lot, and I suppose it's a different time for us. It's in COVID times. So there's a lot more um, to it than just our normal show, and you know we're here uh, on the phenomenal ground of Slane Castle, which is which is the first to have a circus and a vintage fun fair. And, mm. um, you know, we stood here, we, you know, we're standing here with, with the great past. I mean, it's just, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you have to sort of realise and understand that. I mean, it's amazing. It's mm. Just, mm. That in itself is just amazing. You yeah. can't get out of the wind there, can you? I'm just picking the wind up on your phone. Can you get a bit of shelter behind something just to get that out? I'm actually picking up papers <laughs> at the front of the circus at the moment. <laughs> get into Somebody the big top. To Go into the big top there and get a little bit of shelter, will you? Just the wind is coming across your microphone there on us. Anyway, look, um, I, I, I wanted to say to you, like this coming together of great circus families, you know, David Duffy, I know well, Eddie Fawcett's there and his people as well. Fantastic Irish circuses. What put it a foot or how did it happen? You mentioned all those people. Where did the idea, the germ of the idea come from? Well, I suppose we applied some months back for the LPSS grant issued through Catherine Martin's office and that grant, um, we appealed it and we got it. And, um, you know, we were all sitting around and I suppose you could say it was my husband's idea, really. Mm. Um, you know, our, my, myself and my husband had worked for Duffy's and for other circuses all over many years. And then 20 years ago, we decided to take out our own show. Um, and I suppose that's what's bringing us to the present day. And um, we just thought, you know, our, our equipment at the moment, it's been 18 months, it's been lying up. It hasn't been housed in proper facilities. And our equipment is, uh, for want of a better word needed of an upgrade and that's where Duffy Circus came in and they helped us with that and then decided to expand it further and ask the fantastic clown that he is um, young Edward Fawcett Jr. Mm. So we're so happy to have Edward, he's just an amazing clown and he's just a true professional in and out he really is, you know we had a very short time to put this show together um, days as a matter of fact a lot of prep was went into it but um, I suppose because we have the element of live music and it being Irish music that adds another factor to it as well mm. so there's many facets to it yes. but we're trying to infuse everybody into this one show Mm. What about acts and performers and, you know, getting acts in with the whole difficulty with people leaving the country during the pandemic, not being able to get back in? Well, that's it. I mean, some of um, our acts have stayed in the country um, and, uh, you know, we've helped them there along the way. Um, Most of the artists um, here, uh, you know, are are a culmination of our of Circus Dribola and Duffy's. So obviously Tom and Jamie Duffy are performing also with their Wheel of Death Act. Mm. Um, so it, it's basically uh, um, some of their artists and our artists. And we've brought in other artists, obviously, specifically for this show. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a fantastic show. Uh, the Admiral Fires Band with Jane Murray. We have a vintage fun fair beside from Carousel Company, uh, Vintage Carousel Company, and Jean Kennedy, Irish dancer. So we're trying to tick all the boxes. The show is actually running too late. Um, uh, and we're at 45% capacity at the moment, and we could sell it out over and over again. The, yeah. the demand is so high. Yeah, I heard that. That That is the, the uh, unfortunate part about it. You could fill the the big top many times over. Yeah. So look, at the, the, the restrictions on getting acts hasn't been an issue. You've been able to put a great line-up together despite all the challenges uh, that you faced. You're finished on Sunday, is that it? Yes, we're finished on Sunday and that will be the end of this show um, and then we will stream it later on in a few months down the road for anybody who has missed it. Um, so yeah, so we will go back to our winter quarters in, in Bohemian and we will start preparing for our tour next year, hopefully, um, and we'll go back to our normal normal venues that we do each and every year that we've missed the last two years. Mm. So. We're really looking forward to that, but it's it's um, you know we're grateful for the amount of support we've had here. Yeah. It's just been it's just been humbling, is the only mm, word I can say. Mm. And everybody, the is goodwill it, is just so. Yeah, fantastic. is it the same for Fawcett's and Duffy's? Are their seasons finished? Are they into winter quarters now as well? Looking to the spring of next year, or early summer to get going. Um, Oh, actually, after this, after this run here on Sunday, uh, Duffy Circus will move to Mullingar. They'll move to Cabin Town and Drogheda Town. All so right. you can catch them with some of our artists there. But for us, um, unfortunately, um, it's, uh, it, this run has ended. Mm. And you mentioned your own big top that you had issues. Will you have to replace that to go on the road again, buy a new one? Well, it's not only that. I mean, it's it's not just the, the whole circus doesn't revolve around um, a big top. That's one essential part of the equipment. I mean, it's generators, it's seating, it's lighting that mm. have all been in, you know, haven't been able to maintain it um, for various reasons because of staff not being here and because, you know, up until now we've been on the pandemic pop payment. Um, and, you know, it takes money to do that. And up until now... You know, we uh, circus in general has fallen through the cracks of all that, um, with ver- the, with the various business supports that have been out there. Um, but yes, I mean that seems to be sorting itself out now at the moment. So as a result of not being able to maintain things from the get go, we're at this point now. So it's uh, it's it's been a long haul. You know, it, yeah. um, people need to understand the background of it as well. It's it's. It's a business like no other. Yes. Okay. So uh, watch this space with that. There's a lot of work to go on there uh, down the road. I I understand what you're saying. Now, before you go, tell me about that baby that you and I talked about (laughs) all those years ago that you delivered on the side of the road. Was it going into Blanchardstown Hospital? Yes, that's right. We were en route to the Coombe. Um, Didn't make it and we had to pull over and where my husband delivered her and this child... Uh, the angel and light of our lives, as the, as our two boys are, um, she is just amazing. She is in the show. Um, the circus is in her heart, um, and yeah, we're just you know she's she's doing fantastic, mm. absolutely. What, now. What's her name? Isabella and Mona Jabola <laughs> after her great grandmothers. Oh, fantastic! And what age is she now? She is now 10. She will be 11 on the 1st of January. Um, and, you know, I think circus definitely is in her blood, um, yeah. judging what I've seen over the last few weeks. So, yeah, she's just, well, from from the minute, from the second she came into the world, um, I think that might have been a, a little... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <you know>. yes. <laughs> she put on an act for sure, yes, in, in her arrival. There's Absolutely. no doubt about that. But there you go. 11 years it'll be in January. Where does the time go? I, I don't know. Mm, I remember <laughs> I know. speaking to you then just afterwards Absolutely. and it, yeah. it was an amazing story. I was story. still in shock at the time, <laughs> even now, 11 years later. You there know. you go. Anyway. We still have the Jeep she was born in. <laughs> there you go. Well done to you. Well, oh, well, listen, you'd find it difficult to part with that for sure. Absolutely. Anyway, good luck to hubby, children and everyone involved with Circus Gerbola and uh, we look forward to seeing you back in action again in 2022. Are there any tickets left for the shows in Slane? No? You just have to watch uh, the website of this cancellation. We put them up uh, straight okay. up again. So, yeah, we had to add an extra show on the Saturday again 
you know, we are at 45%. We're delighted with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so all around we're very happy, you know, extremely happy and delighted. Yeah. Well done to you. Keep the, the show goes on. That's the message today. Take care of yourself, okay. Tara. Thank you so much. God Not bless. at all. Bye bye. Bye bye. Tara Gerbola there. Circus royalty. It runs through the veins, doesn't it? There you are. The wee one. Isabella. She's 11 in January in the circus as well. Well, look, at, it's in the DNA, isn't it? But it's great to see circus back. A challenge for them at the best of times, but with COVID, well. Very, very difficult indeed. But do keep an eye on the uh, Slane website there, uh, Circus Jabola as well. If you're thinking of going along, you might just get cancellation tickets, but they're like chicken's teeth at the moment. I'll be your clown Behind the glass Go ahead and laugh Cause it's funny On your favorite channel, my life's a circus, circus, round the circus, setting out tonight. I'd be less angry if it was my decision. Emily Sanday and Clown, dedicated to all those men through the years who made us laugh and we loved in circus and I say men Louise because generally <laughs> clowns were men you rarely saw a woman did you as a clown in the circus do you see any now even I don't think even so even last night there were two yeah yeah it's generally men but I remember them through the years from growing up as a child the clowns we loved them and they were frightening in a way you know when they put the yeah. the, the, the makeup on and everything and the way they went on and the crack they used to have an old broken down car in Fawcett Circus trying to start it I remember that they had that and last night the broken down car yeah. trying to start is it still there yeah well it was yellow oh. yeah yeah my god that's an old gag of great. the clowns and it's a great one still it's timeless it really is but I do say that I love the circus. I used to be up at the crack of dawn waiting for them to arrive when the lorries would roll in with the big top and we'd help Fawcett's, Eddie Fawcett was very kind to us. We used to help and he'd run little errands for them, helping with the putting up of the tent and it was a big ordeal, you know, back then. They can get them up much more quickly now, uh, putting up the mast at the centre and pulling up, bringing in the seats. Then the animals were to be tended to and lots of work to be done. You'd get free passes for the circus. That was your uh, pay because yeah. you'd get in because we had no money to pay to get into the circus and Eddie would always give you a few bob at the end of the night as well. They were very kind to us, I have to say, Fawcett's and I loved great it. Great memories. Oh, great memories. I loved when circus came to town and just to remind anyone who mightn't have heard it before, my Myself and Deirdre Hawley here one day were chatting about this many moons ago and I just threw it, what's the strangest animal you ever saw in your back garden? And I, I said to Deirdre, an elephant. And she said, get out of that, an elephant in your back. I did, because we lived backing onto the Gaelic grounds in Drogheda and the fence was down in the house next door and there was a gap in our hedge and one morning, and I think it was Chipperfields that were there at the time, and when our two were small, we looked out the back window and I said, quick, 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 look, look what's in the back garden. It was an elephant in the back Massive garden. big elephant. An elephant, a good size. I'd say it wasn't a fully grown elephant, uh, but a, lo- a lovely end in the back garden. <laughs> Oh my God, Jesus, I had the old greenhouse and that as well. It just put its arse against it. It would have been over. All over, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we had genuinely the elephant in the backyard. And actually, uh, uh, I got a message there to say, thanks, Jerry, for the visual of you volunteering to get the knives thrown at you. <laughs> you gave me a great chuckle. But that's a fact. I volunteered and they fired the knives at me. That was in Fawcett Circus as well uh, with my children. Jeez, I could have been... <laughs> I could have been taken out in a box, but there you go. <laughs> They're skilled with the knives for sure. But circus has been part of my life growing up and I just love it. I love it to this very day, I have there's to say. There's no elephant in the room, Jerry. The there's no, in the, the elephant's in the back garden, yes. <laughs> say, there's a few in the cupboard, all right, and, and things like that. I'm but loving, sorry, I just had to giggle there. Magella <laughs> sent in a message. Go on. <laughs> what does, what does Hi, she say? Hi, Jerry, it's Magella. Yeah. Men are clowns, period. <laughs> <laughs> Asha Magella we have to be we have to be to put up with all we have to put up with we have to there's no no other choice in this I love it Magella I love it Albert's looking for the riddle again will I Louise one Uh, more time go on Albert just for you this is the last time I'm reading the riddle but they're getting the copping on I have to say at this age this is the final time this Friday a farmer a question was put to a farmer about the animals on his farm and the farmer said I only ever keep sheep goats and horses in fact at the moment they are all sheep bar three, 
all goats bar four and all horses bar five. How many does the farmer have of each animal? How many of each animal? How many sheep, goats and horses has he? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We'll pick someone for the wee gift before the end of the show. Anyways, what else is happening on late lunch? What's this uh, about Banksy? He sold a painting, did he, for a heap of money? Oh, uh, uh, 23 yeah. million, is that 23 right? 23 million. It was the same painting that, do you remember he he put it up on auction a number of years ago and it shredded itself? Yes. So that it was one. obviously put back together and it was sold for 23 million three years ago. 23 million, Jerry, for painting. It's obscene. That's been sellotaped together. It's just obscene. It's an awful lot of money. It, and, and think of what that money could do, how many people that money many could help. Many kids are oh. going hungry every day, even mm. in Drada. But listen, Louise, you know, you see things in the world fetching huge sums of money because somebody wants to buy it and they have the money to spend. See, this is the thing. I know. They yeah. have the money to spend it. And you know, market. there is enough wealth and resources in the world to look after everybody. There really is. There, honestly, there is. And hoarding it and spending it on things like that, well, good luck to you if you want to do it as well. But as I said, if my numbers come up tomorrow night for the 19 million... You won't be buying I, a painting. I'm not buying a painting, that's for sure. Well, I couldn't afford that one at the price, even <laughs> if I won the 19 million. But I say it again, I will help lots of people. I will help lots of people if I win that. I will, I always say it. Look after the debts I have and my immediate family and that as well and uh, have a few pounds for doing this, that and the other. But I would put that money to good use to help people who need it. But 19 million, is there one little silly thing you'd buy? A silly thing that I'd No, like just a... (laughs) One for you to think about. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to let me think about that. What would I buy that would be just a... Just silly. Just... (sighs) You know, a pair of roller skates or I don't know, just something. <laughs> <laughs> pair of red trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and a red I, nose I, and a wig. <laughs> and, and a wig and, uh, and the clothes to go with it and give it a go to get into the big top and uh, just uh, become that clown that I've always enjoyed from a little child for a day. Just for a day. Something like that. Yeah, I'd do something frivolous, of course, like that as well. But I would help. And good luck to everybody. I hope it's won soon and I hope it's won by somebody who will put it to good use or perhaps a group of people who'll share it and spread the luck and the love around as well. Anyway, it's rolling. The longest rolling jackpot in the history of the lottery here in Ireland. It's a huge, huge sum. But it pales into insignificance. I think the Euro Millions tonight is something like 200 and something million. I'll have 10 of them Banksies, please. <laughs> I will in my neck. Much of them there, by <laughs> Late lunch, LMFM Radio. After the break, we're going to meet a terrific man. He's 83 years young. He's from Knockbridge in County Loud and he's doing his bit every day for Pieta House. I'm going to wish my next guest a belated happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, Brian Gregory. Hello, how are you? Thank you very much indeed. Had you a nice time last Monday? I had a very pleasant time, actually. And none of them forgot about you, all six of them? <laughs> not every one of them. So you had good wishes, not alone coming from near, but from far. There's two of them away. Which which two are away? Well, the youngest and the eldest. The youngest is in Perth in Australia, and the, ang- the eldest is, is in Bristol in England. OK, so name them all from the youngest to the eldest for me. Go on. Well, there's um, Paul... Kathy, Brian, John, Gillian uh, and Carol. Good on you. So the first and last are away from home and the rest are all around you, looking after you, Molly, coddling you, etc. Have you, have you grandchildren? I have um, 16 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. Name them. No, I'm only joking you, Brian. <laughs> all right. I could. Could you? I surely could. Go on. Do you want to give it a go? No. <laughs> if I miss one out, I'll never be forgiven. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I got you and you got me back there for sure. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it, I love it. Well, you're a fantastic guy. I, I know this. Tell me the story about Pieta House and what you're doing, will you? Right. Well, as you know, suicide will affect a lot of people, you know. Mm. It always affects families or relations or anything like that there. So I've, about, about six years ago, I was, and my wife died, and I was called into the Bowman Hospital, and I was told that I had the, um, 
um, an enlarged aorta, an, an, an um, aneurysm on my aorta. Mm. So I was told I either had to get it off or die. So he asked me what was I going to do, and I told him I wanted to go and confession. <laughs> so <laughs> I was in the following day. Yeah, I yeah. had the operation and everything, and since that I have had great difficulty in walking mm. because I can only walk about a hundred yards, and then I have to stop and rest because of the the they did the the operation that took um, arteries from my hip, yep. my buttock. And it freezes up with oxygen in it, you know, and it's mm. quite painful. So I have to stop after about every 100 yards and rest, and then I can go for another 100 yards and then stop. So I wasn't doing very much walking, and there about a couple of months ago, I decided that I wanted to buy myself one of these watches that does steps. And I suddenly realized I was doing so little of them, you know, mm. sitting around the house doing nothing. So I decided to get up and start doing a bit of walking. And then my granddaughter said to me, she says, Granddad, will you do this thing for Pieta? And I said, yes. Well, I was, many years ago, I had a tragedy within my own family with it, you know. So I said, yes, of course I'll do it, you know. So I sat down and actually had thought long and hard about it, you know, because I know most suicides are spontaneous. Mm. And I found it very difficult that how can you stop a um, person from committing it? And I said, but if I raise 100 quid, will that stop it? And I said, I don't know. If I raise 1,000 quid, will it stop it? I don't know. If I raise a million pounds, will it stop it? One death. I says, I don't know. But I says, if I don't try and even to raise one pound, at least I'm, I've made my try to, try to save somebody. So that's what I decided to do. And um, I went out and um, they told me what, it, what I want to raise. And I said, well, I'll try 500. You never know. He says, well, I don't set that big. I didn't even think I'd get 100. But I've raised 650 so far. Good man. And I haven't, I haven't finished. But what was very disappointing, I wrote to Peter 10 days ago. And I asked him for another card because my card was almost full. And they, they said, okay, we'll send it out. But I've never received it, you know. So I had my card full. And I actually, I was writing down on the bottom of it. Today I got in a check-in for 25 quid. And I'm putting that down on the bottom of it. And then I'm going to transfer it all in tomorrow into my, um, go, what do you call it, go? Go fund me. GoFundMe, that's right. But yeah. I've got to GoFundMe and I've got 310 in that. Lovely. And Lovely, Harlan. I've raised all this money, most of it in McAllister's in Dundalk, the pub. And I go in there and have a few pints now again, you know. Good on you. And um, they went in and I went in and everybody contributed. Ah, great. Some of them were 50 and some of them were 20 and some of them were 5. Yeah. I never had to... And people came over to offer to... To, to fund it, you know. Mm. So I've got all this cash and I put it in my account. So I'll transfer it all out tomorrow back into GoFundMe, and I'll send the card down to Peter and said these are the people that contributed, you know, yes. to them at what it meant. So I intend to do that tomorrow. But I was, I could have raised more if they'd have sent me out the card whenever I asked it, you know. Ah, listen, you've done great, and you have your Fitbit watch now that's keeping a good eye on you. And are you doing? Is it true? Are you doing about a mile a day? You told me there, like you found it difficult to walk. Are you up to a mile? I'm up to uh, about. Well, I do about five thousand. Between 5,000 and 6,000 steps. Oh, that's easy, a mile. Yeah. Easy. Oh, it's well over a oh, mile. Well over. a mile and a half. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you're heading for the two mile at this stage. Jesus, you'll be doing a marathon yet, Brian. I know, I know. I've no one thinking of it. You know, <laughs> I think I'd have to get a pair of roller skates or something to do that. <laughs> <laughs> By these little electric scooters. Anytime oh. one that passes me, I look at that. I'm very envious. <laughs> <laughs> and you're out at the uh, the break of day every day, early in the morning, round Knockbridge, is it? No, it's out round the, you know, down the stores and in the bypass and Dundalk. Yeah. I walk along there. Is it? And okay. I've, I've got about ten little spots I can sit down on. Ah, oh, grand. For, you know, like yeah, the yeah. yards, there's railings yeah. or there's somewhere to stop. And I might be sitting on the wall of Duns or something like that there, you know, just to get by let the blood get back into my system. Yeah. So, other than that, I do it. Up there, up until about a month ago, well, a couple of months ago, during the summer, I was out about six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 
But now I'll leave it, just whenever it starts to get bright. Yes, yes. I go out because I don't like walking in the dark. Ah, know. of course, of course. Yeah, you're from, you're actually, you're from Ahameen Park, is it, in Dundalk? It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know where Knockbridge came in. It must be your daughter, is there, or somebody? It is, my, ah, coffee, there you are. I knew there was, the uh, yeah. That, I knew there was. the Shanghai man for this. <laughs> That's a great word. I love it. And of course, your granddaughter, we've got to mention Kate, because she's the one that put this Pieta House thing afoot. That's right. She got talked me into doing it. She mm. set up my GoFundMe thing and all like that. Great. So, um, as I said, it's probably so choppy to do it, you know. Yeah, I love what you said to me. Every single pound of euro counts and it helps somebody. There's no doubt about that. But here, t- take us off dry land for a minute. You're a man of the seas. Yes, whenever I was 18, I got my appendix out in Fremantle, Western Australia. And whenever I was 22, by the time I was 22, I was around the world at least 20 times. That was on big boats. You were in the Merchant Navy, were you? I was indeed. Mm. And the first, my first job in the Merchant Navy, I was a spud barber. <laughs> What's that? I peeled potatoes. <laughs> My <laughs> God, I'm learning things on the show today. Yeah. This man's too sharp for me. A spud barber, peeling spuds. <laughs> well, when I left the merchant, if I left at about 22. Yeah. And then I came back to Ireland and I got myself a couple of little boats. Mm. I went sailing and then my brother got myself a bigger boat. Yeah. So he had a 37 footer and he said to me, he said, would you like to go sail? And I said, yeah, sure. Where are you going? He said, I'm going to America. And I said, well, when are you going? So I went down, went with him down to the Canaries and from the Canaries went over to, into the Caribbean, down to Antigua. And then I sailed all up the coast of America into Washington and, and Baltimore and Charleston and Savannah, Boston. And then I sailed across the Atlantic into um there's oars and... My, oh my, you've been round this globe everywhere. Sailed the seven seas. Yes, and then whenever it's at 70, I decided I'd buy a little boat out in Pongarola in the south of Spain. Yeah. It was a, a, a small catamaran, eight metre one. Yeah. And I took that back to Ireland. You're some man for one man, I have to say. You really uh, are. Uh, well, it's a bit of gas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I said if it was there to be done and I said I didn't do it I'd never forgive myself you know yes and you can't have any regrets with all you've done and all the places and all the, all the places you've been to if you were to pick one place that you've been in the world that stays in your mind more than most could you do that? it's very very difficult it's really they're all so beautiful mm. whenever you really look at them something about the, one of the saddest places I was ever in, and this was 1960s, I was in Haiti. Mm. And you could smell Haiti from about four miles out. Really? When you got in, there was sewers in the streets and everything like mm. that. There. It was completely undeveloped. And Papa Doc was in charge oh, of those days with the tom-toms, mm. you know. Shocking. I was dreadful. But mm. that that was the saddest place. But it was a beautiful, beautiful everything. That, that yeah. I know they've had these earthquakes and everything, and it was everything was demolished there not too long ago. But there's, there's absolutely beautiful places all over the world, you know. All over the world. Before you go, where's that accent from? It's north of Dundalk, is it? It is, yes. Originally the Armagh. Ah, the Orchard County yes. itself. Well, listen, I just wanted to say hello to you today. You've done really well. I know that one walked you into it. <laughs> I know she did, yes, indeed. She did, but she did a great job because it's been a real pleasure chatting to you today on the show. You're an inspirational man, Brian, let me say. Oh, oh, well, I wouldn't say that. Ah, Other you people are. say that about me. Yeah, I know you are. You are. Enjoy the points. Keep on trucking and sailing, and God bless you. And take care. Thank you for joining me on the show. No problem. God bless you. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Isn't he just something else? Brian Gregory, eighty-three years young. It was his birthday on Monday. Buy him a pint now, and he's a McAllister, won't you? At the weekend, you're at late lunch on LMFM Radio. Uh, did I tell you, Louise? I won on the on the lottery last week on on the big draw, on the lotto draw. Did I tell you that? No. Oh, massive win. Did you not see it? 
I won a three euro scratch card. <laughs> and did you win anything on the scratch card? I still didn't cash oh, me right. chips in. I'll have to cash it in. But I am buying a ticket for every draw just in case, you know, you never know what had happened. One, four, seven, nine, sixteen, thirty-two. One, four, seven, nine, sixteen, thirty-two. Please, you just please, yourself then. please. That's my numbers. Now, don't you anybody mark. Don't mark down those people. numbers. I say it again. I shouldn't have mentioned it. I gave it away before and I'll have... I hope I share it and if you put them numbers down and we'll all win, we'll have a massive big party. Anyway, coming up on Late Lunch After News, weather and sport at three. Yes, we will uh, hear the last of Horselips, uh, my Artist of the Week, and we'll be looking ahead to the weekend in sport with David Sheehan. The farmer says, I only ever keep sheep, goats and horses. In fact, at the moment... They're all sheep bar three, all goats bar four and all horses bar five. How many of each animal does the farmer have? He has three sheep, two goats and a horse. There you go. (laughs) You had it right. Well done to our Louise. She worked it out with our mathematics. She was doing X's and Y's and minuses and everything like that. And I just switched off because... I never particularly enjoyed maths in school, but there, there you are. Well done to our Louise and to everybody who got it right. But the little gift from us today on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio is going to Jane Meath from Rathkenny, just outside Navin in the county of Meath. Well done to you for solving the riddle. And I'll have another teaser for you next Friday. Now, Horselips are my artists of the week. So, what are the Horselip boys up to today? Well, Charles O'Connor lives in beautiful Whitby, a seaside town in North Yorkshire, where he was into his antiques. He had a couple of shops there, and he continues to record new music. He had a new album out, actually, recently. Jim Lockhart continues to play and perform, and now, leaving aside the lockdown and that before, and he'll be back on the road now. And he's worked extensively as a producer, in particular with RTE, Barry Devlin gigs too and writes he's a script writer for radio TV and screen Johnny Fien continues to play and he uh, knocks around the music scene too while Eamon Carr went into journalism among other things and he's also written a play or two our Eamon a talented man from Kells in County Mead and today I'm rounding off a week of horse lips I told you they, they'll probably never ever come together again but I today want to play my favourite horselip song of all time. Trouble with a capital T is uh, my final horselip song this week. Fantastic, isn't it? That music there would just really make you smile and get you up to lep about the place. Anyway, we wish them all well. They are legends of Irish music, Celtic rock combined. And uh, what a story they have been and what an influence they have been on so many uh, Irish acts subsequently and I'm sure into the future as well. And I'll bring you another artist or artist of the week on Late Lunch next week. Anyway, we move on on the show today, head to our final break of the weekend afterwards, as happens every Friday on the show. We look ahead to the weekend in sport, local, national and international, and we're doing it again today with our Sunday sports presenter, David Sheehan. Friday afternoon, time always at this time on Late Lunch to look ahead at the weekend sporting action. And joining me again is the presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM Radio, David Sheehan. Hello, David. How are you doing, Jerry? Good, thanks for joining me again on the show today. Let's begin with the League of Ireland this evening and both local clubs in action. Let's start with Drogheda and you'll be at the, the Windmill Road venue for Drogheda against Longford Town. Now, Longford long relegated. But David, this is a huge game for Drogheda. Yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, must-win games. This is a must-win game, but it's it's a should-win game as well, if I can put it that way. Drogheda absolutely have to win this game. You know, it's... It's the one game you're looking at at the run in where you can you can be 
you can be as confident as he could ever be that they'll get all three points. They, they lost a couple of weeks ago with the death against St. Pat's, which was a heartbreaker for them. Not the first time that that's happened this season, just one of those things. But, you know, they've a, they've a nine goals to two aggregate record against Longford this season. So they really should be winning that game. They've got uh, Gary Deegan back from suspension. Chris Lyons got a half an hour, or another half rather, into him against St. Pat's. He might be in a position to start tonight. Um, you'd have to fancy draw to win that game. And they could probably do with getting a few goals as well. The only thing I will say is in spite of the fact that they beat Longford 4-0 and 4-1, Longford, in spite of the fact that they're right at the bottom of the table, they cut, cut well adrift. They've been competitive in most of their games this season. Shamrock Rovers only beat them, I think, three times possibly with late, late goals. So they're not going to be an easy side to roll over. And they've, they've got a great spirit about them for, for a team that's been really struggling all year. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's a game, look, let's be honest about it, draw had to absolutely have to win that game if they've any chance of, of staying out of that bottom two. Now, Dundalk have certainly picked their form up in recent weeks, and it was expected anyway with the squad and the spend on the team as well. They're at Bohemians tonight, and this could be uh, a rehearsal for the FAI Cup final. Yeah, of course, Dundalk in that FAI Cup semi-final next weekend against St. Pat's, um, but of course their focus tonight would be on the, that league uh, game against Bohemians up in Daily Mount. Unbeaten in their last six, Dundalk. They've been on a, on a nice run uh, for the last little while. A win would actually put them level on points tonight against Bohemians, albeit Bowes would have two games in hand. But still, you know, the Docks' form of late has been much better. Uh, they'll have Sonny Nattisad back from International Jewish tonight. They also gave McMillan and Dan O'Kelly back to fitness. Cameron Dummigan will miss out due to suspension, as will uh, Ryder Sierkowskis. But, you know, their tails are up on Dock lately. They're in good form. They've got, they've got that Cup semi-final next weekend to look forward to. You can be sure that every player that starts tonight will want to put in a good performance in order to be selected for the Cup semi-final next weekend. So, I think Dundalk will get something out of that game. I think... You know, even though in, in theory they're still kind of in the relegation mix, I think we can probably say they'll be okay and they'll pull away. Um, and I think they'll get something out of that game tonight. I'm not sure if they'll get the win. Bohemians, in fact, aren't in great form themselves. Just one win at home in the last four. So, Tundalk could sneak a win there, but I definitely find them to get at least a point from that one. Now let's move to the Premier League. It's back this weekend after the international break and I found it hard to select a standout fixture. But an interesting one is the London Derby and it hasn't been played. I think it's 1947, the last time they met uh, in top league fair. Brentford, the new boys, the surprise packets, taking on the aristocrats of Chelsea. Yeah, Brentford in seventh place at the moment, absolutely flying at um, 12 points from, from their seven games. Chelsea top of the table with 16 points from their seven but Brentford is one of these kind of uh, feel-good stories, which, look, we don't get too many in the Premier League, and we'll probably touch on one in a few moments that, that would divide opinions, certainly. Um, but, yeah, Brentford re- going really well. Um, Thomas Frank, a really expressive manager on the sideline. It's the new stadium there, which is rocking. And they, what they did with that stadium, if, if anyone has seen it from above, they've really squeezed it in to a tight enough spot, but they wanted to stay very close to where they had come from, which is a commendable thing to do, because no doubt they could have built a bigger stadium further out of London, but they wanted to stay in the locality, so they squeeze that stadium in there. It, it generates a great atmosphere, um, so that's going to be a really interesting one tomorrow evening at half past five. Brentford at home against Chelsea. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't put it past Brentford to get something out of that one. They've they've uh, they've given the top teams a real run of it. I was going to include Arsenal in that, but uh, probably that's a bit of a stretch. But they've <laughs> they've given they gave Liverpool a good go over a few weeks ago, so yeah, that'll be a really interesting fixture. Now, the other stories really are around new arrivals. Watford, Ranieri's back in the Premier League, the man that led Leicester to the league title. He's been around the clock since they faced Liverpool. Yeah, the Tinker man is back, uh, won the league with Leicester, as you said. Has had a, a really kind of um, interesting career. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think he has an autobiography yet, yet, but whenever it does come out, it'll make for fascinating reading, that's for sure. Uh, back with Watford, they're really struggling. They're, what, 15 at the moment, uh, seven points in seven games. So, He'll be coming in looking to do a bit of a, a revival job on them and get them up the table. I, I think Watford will probably have enough quality to stay up. You look at the likes of Norwich really struggling, Burnley. Um, Newcastle, we'll touch on in the moment, will probably get out of it. But Ranieri will have a tough job in his hands there. And Watford are a club that have hired and fired managers like they're going out of fashion in the late. So uh, I suspect if he doesn't get things moving in, in 10 games, so he could be on his way as well. But uh, I think he'll, he'll probably turn them around just enough to get them up the table and survive. They'll hardly beat Liverpool. I don't think so, no. But uh, they'll, they'll be looking at it as they say the teams around them as the, as the season goes on. Mm, sure. And then, of course, the biggest story in football in recent times. They are now the richest club in the world, officially. Overnight it's happened. Yes, the Newcastle takeover has gone through. It's bye-bye, Ashley. And they face Tottenham Hotspur. An interesting one. 
Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one. And I mean, I've seen a few articles this week saying that if you wanted to get like a new regime off to a, a winning start, you'd be picking a game against Spurs at home because we know Spurs have a reputation for being a little bit soft and they're not in great form at the moment themselves under Nuno Espirito Santo. They haven't started the season really well at all, albeit they're still in, in eighth place, which isn't disastrous. Yeah, look, we, we don't have time. We probably need a full show to get through all of the complexities around the Newcastle deal. I think most people are kind of horrified by it. But that's the way things have gone in the Premier League. They've, they've managed to get around it. They've been waved through the new owners. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably actually win that game. You know, there's a fancy back in the ground. Uh, there'll be a rocket atmosphere at St. James's Park. I suspect they'll, they'll get the win. I don't think Steve Bruce will survive too much longer. He might get as far as Christmas. But look, if I was Steve Bruce, I'd be hanging on for, for the payoff. I wouldn't be resigning. So I think he'll stay there for a little while longer until they find who they want to get in. But huge changes at Newcastle on and off the field. And that story's going to run and run as the season goes on. But I, I think they will get the win uh, and possibly a 2 or 3 nil win at the weekend because I think the atmosphere at the ground and the lift of that change of ownership, for, for better or worse, has given the club. We'll, we'll really see them over the line this weekend. Best job in the world to be sacked from. Premier League manager. You've won the lotto when you've arrived at the day. You get the boot. Anyway, let's move on to GAA Matters. Loud semi-final weekend in the Senior Championship. But one of the semis, Newtown Blues against Nave Martin, is off because of a COVID situation, we're told. But there will be one big game played. And that sees St Mary's from RD taking on St Mochthas. Who do you fancy? It's an interesting one, this, because they've met twice already this season they were met in the opening round of the championship and St Mary's won that one with a late goal and St Mary's also won the league game it was a real high scoring affair but there's not much between these two sides and I know from speaking to a few of the lads in the Moctis camp they'll feel, they feel that they really have the measure of St Mary's they've run them close twice and they feel like this could be the, uh, the day where they catch them so it's going to be a really interesting one Declan Byrne who we mentioned I think a week or two ago could have been suspended for the whole championship if that, that appeal he had wasn't, was, wasn't brought through and he, uh, the suspension he got was overturned. So he's been in flying form, scored 14 points the last day, I think it was 26 points in the championship so far this season. So I think it could be third time lucky for the Mockers against St Mary's this season. I think they might just get over the line and, uh, and get through to that senior final. And reminding listeners that that game, uh, St Mary's against the Moctas, is the centrepiece of Sunday Sport with David Sheehan this Sunday afternoon. So make sure and join David for that one and more besides. For the moment, David Sheehan, thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. Great weekend of sport in prospect. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this week. Thank you so much for your company every day. We love our listeners on Late Lunch. Thanks to all our guests who joined us through the week and to Miss Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Anyway, Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio and we'll be back with a brand new week of Late Lunch from 1.30 on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.